Hello, Black Healing Matters family. This is Danielle here at the Black Healing Matters podcast, where we offer you ideas to hopefully move you one step closer to your healing. And today on this wonderful Thursday, you know what it is, doing the right things Thursday. You know, every single Thursday here on this podcast, on the Black Healing Matters podcast, we go out of our way to find someone and catch them, not in the act of doing something wrong, but in the act of doing the right things. And I, I'm, I'm here to deliver today, y'all. I got a good one for you. I, man, I'm so excited about this. It's been a while in the making, but I'm so happy that we brought this together because today I have a treat for you. And who is this? Who is this interviewee today? Well, this is none other than Miss Tasha Danielle. Danielle's a great name, you know, <laughs> right? By the way, a lot of great Danielle's on this podcast, if you haven't noticed that. I don't know if it's a coincidence, I'm not sure. But, you know, <laughs> right? this is another great one. Tasha Danielle is a CPA and the founder of Financial Garden. Wow. And so she founded Financial Garden during her journey of eliminating nearly 80 thousand dollars y'all eighty thousand us dollars of debt before the age of 30. tasha's grandmother taught her about finances at a very early age and this influenced her to become a financially responsible millennial see we do exist <laughs> financially responsible millennials however it became apparent that not all of her peers were exposed to money lessons at a young age, and most of them actually struggled financially. So after working with youth for several years, she realized that the lack of financial literacy was definitely there. Tasha decided to plant seeds of financial literacy at every age by formally founding Financial Garden in 2014. Tasha has nearly a decade, y'all. Wow, that's fantastic. A decade of corporate finance and accounting experience with Fortune 100 and 500 companies. She has also authored Amina's Bracelet, A Kidpreneur Story, to plant the seeds of entrepreneurship in young children. Her book is also available on Amazon. And with all that said, fam, I also have to let you know that we also are alums of the same college. And this is how I initially met Ms. Tasha Danielle. And, you know, I'm so thankful that I have all these great people that I went to college with. And I also found that I was stalking her. It's like I said, you know, I, I'm pretty active in, 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 in uh, strengthening upon about who I invite on this show. And so believe me, she is somebody you want to really listen to. And if you don't have a pen and paper out, like you don't have a pen and pad, you might want to, you know, get one right now. Because <laughs> she's definitely about to share some stuff with us that I guarantee you will make a difference. And with that being said, Miss Tasha Danielle, are you there? Yes, hello. Thank you for having me, fellow alum. Go Brits. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Man, we just been like, you know, chopping it up here and talking and catching up. And I tell you, like, she is such a breath of fresh air. And so oh, thank you. curious and, and then on it about her finances. And that's, that's something that we, you know, 
we talk about here uh, every week on this podcast, but she is yet another person who's actually living it, y'all. And so Tasha, what are you working on right now? What are you passionate about right now? It's got you excited. <laughs> I live, breathe, sleep, financial garden. Mm-hmm. So um, financial garden is a holistic youth financial literacy company. So that is my passion project. I'm constantly trying to grow that business. We're working with after school programs, local youth organizations, and just also sharing knowledge with parents online. Um, so that's primarily what I am doing at this moment. <laughs> so what when you you go into you go into schools, right? Right. I go into schools. Um, um, primarily um, after school programs, but I do do in school sessions mm-hmm. and I teach financial literacy from a holistic perspective. So what that means is I'm not just going in and saying you should save your money. You should invest. Like I'm trying to bridge the gap into why the emotions behind why they may know to save, but they don't know. They don't actually do it. I think a lot of us have the knowledge, but the problem is we don't apply the knowledge. So I am passionate about mostly going into the inner cities. You know, I'm from the hood, you know. (laughs) And so I wanted to go back to where I came from because I wanted to make a difference um, in the community that I'm most familiar with. And so I found a financial garden. It came to me during my paying off my debt. You mentioned that I paid off $80,000 before the age of 30. Congratulations. Thank you. It was not an easy task, um, but it got done. And so um, during that journey, you know, I would tell, believe it or not, a lot of my friends at that time were not encouraging of me paying off my debt. So I know recently you had a, a podcast talking about not talking about, we don't talk about money except for when it's bad. But, you know, I'm always open. If I don't have the money, I don't front and say, oh, I say I don't have it. It's not in my budget. I've always been that way. And after college, you know, I was fortunate enough to go right into corporate America. I picked the major that was going to pay me well after college. So in 2008, I graduated with a bachelor's degree in economics and psychology, dual major, because even at that time, I knew that there was a relationship between money and the emotional part of it. Yeah. And, you know, I knew I was going to have to sacrifice what I wanted to really do because I needed to pay off this money, the loans. So um, just backstory, I knew what loans was, I knew what debt was, I knew what interest rate was. I knew all about that when I was a child. My grandmother talked to me about that when I was a kid. So, you know, my, my <laughs> I was definitely, I was an introvert, extrovert, which means that I was at school, I was shy, I didn't talk to my, anybody. But when I came home, oh my God, it came out. So <laughs> I was always talking to my mom and she's like, call your grandmother. And so from there, from when I was literally in preschool, I started calling my grandma. She would ask me about what I learned in school. And I was just like, what'd you do today? And she would be like, oh, I paid my MasterCard or I paid my taxes. And I was just like, what's that? You know, and it just grew from there. So just bringing it back to the conversation at 18, starting those promissory notes going, starting college, I knew at 18, I was going to graduate with about $50,000 in debt. I knew that going on. So I went into college with a game plan of, I need a career. I need to not, I was working at McDonald's going into college. And I'm like, I need a career. You know, at Albion, you know, we meet with our counselors like the first couple weeks of school, right? Freshman year. 
And I remember going and talking to my counselor, like, he's like, you know, what are you, where's your focus and everything? Mine was having a, a career when I graduated. I said, I need to pay back this debt. And he was just like, you know, you just should be about finding yourself, whatever. I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't have it like that. Like, this is on me. So I'm, I need to figure out how to make a good salary when I graduate. So this was in me when I was 18. Fast forward, graduate college, 21 start corporate America at 22, um, 22, early 23, when I sat for the CPA exam. At this point, I was at like $65,000. By the time I was at 25, it was at 80,000, right before 80,000. And I was just like, that. Yes, okay. So um, at this point, I'm like, you know, telling my friends, like, this is my goal right now is to get out of debt. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I didn't really, I knew about budgeting. I knew how to stay to reach my goals. I had this instilled in me from a child. I still talk to my grandma a lot about it, but um, it was just, I knew I had this plan to get out of debt mm. before even getting into it. But when I would tell my friends, like, you know, I'm going to triple my payments. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. They would be like, you should just invest that money instead. And then they'll allow you to pay your debt back faster. But to me, that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to get that weight off of me. And um, I just knew that we had a difference in perspective just because of the conversations I had with my, my grandmother. Mm -hmm. So that was a long answer, but to get back full circle is I knew the conversations I had with my grandmother at a young age was the difference between me and my peers. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, okay, <laughs> I'm not listening to y'all, but it was just weird that how are you going to be negative about me trying to get out of debt? And it was just, you know, different mindset. Yeah. And so, you know, from that, we're all still friends to this day, but just not having that conversation about money early on mm -hmm. from then. So, um, you know, I wanted to find like-minded people. And so I joined a ministry in church, best thing ever, two and three touch degree is true. Um, I joined the financial empowerment ministry and then long story short, um, everything changed for me when we brought in Michelle Singletary to do a keynote speaking event at our church in 2012. And that was the first time I ever heard someone talk about living a debt-free life. Now, I knew about paying off debt and, you know, having a good credit score. My credit score has always been high um, since I was 18. My grandma talked to me about that. You know, I was in college with, you know, teetering the 800 credit score because I knew about, you know, paying stuff off. But my grandma did not have the wisdom of investing. You know what I mean? She knew about a certificate of deposit, which is really not investing. You know, she knew about, you know, not to discredit her, but at her, you know, her time, what she did for herself financially was amazing. Right. Um, just the debt-free life was just not something that I heard of. And Michelle Singletary really drove that point home, like, do you know what it feels like to own your paycheck, own your own paycheck after, you know, paying your, your bills that's never going to go away like utility and you can't pay that ahead of time, you know, your cell phone bill, you know, getting food, that type of thing. But think about not paying a car payment, not paying a mortgage, not paying credit card bills, not paying student loans. They don't have to live with you forever. Now, I knew they didn't have to live with me forever, but just car payment, like just being completely debt free was foreign to me. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was just like, headstrong, this is what I'm doing, 
I'm getting out of debt. So it took me three and a half years to pay off the $80,000 of debt. Wow. So, and during that process, like I said, knew a different mindset. And I was like, I want to go in and talk to kids about this because my peers are discouraging me from paying off debt because they think you should invest it, invest your money, which you, you can take any route that's appropriate for you. But they're saying this and they were in debt and they still are all in the same amount of debt. So mm-hmm. it's just like, <laughs> you know, now they're you no, know, now they're coming back to me and wanting to go through a budget and want to go through all of this stuff. But mm-hmm. I just knew that it was something about getting to kids early and I needed to be the one to do it. Yes, totally agree. I couldn't agree with you more about the <laughs> early. That is so keen because like you said, that that was the difference between you and your friends. Like you had that, you had those seeds of, you know, financial literacy planted in you early and a lot of your peers, you know, didn't. And so he obviously, you know, a decade later, you know, this is, you know, it comes out in the wash. Wow. So powerful. You're right. So this, this uh, debt-free living, like, uh, how does it feel? (laughs) It it feels good, but I, you know, I just bought a house, so I'm not debt-free anymore, but um, I don't have car payments. I don't have credit card. I don't have student loans. I don't have, you know, just that type of debt. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, yeah. uh, for a while, it was just like, okay, this is what I want to do. You can do whatever you want to do, you know, and it, it's, it changes your mindset and your goal, um, goal setting when you, when you finally get out of debt. So, um, I decided to buy a house. And so that's the only debt that I have right now. Um, and even with that, that's still um, something that I work in, have a plan and get, you know, pay this off as soon as possible as well. Awesome. Great. All right. So do you, do you also invest now as well? Yes. Yep. So the house I actually purchased is a duplex. So actually it's the first house in rental property. So I live on, live on one side and rent out the other side. So that's covering all my all my mortgage, everything is being covered by that. So the goal is, is you know, if I, when I move out, because this is not like a forever dream home, when I move out, I'll cash flow over having all my bills and stuff paid. So that's where I'm going now more towards real estate investing. Um, I do do um, investing in like Vanguard index funds and stuff like that. So more along the lines of once I became debt free, it's how to make my money grow. Um, and I'm not want to discourage anyone from saying you can't do both. It's just about a mindset and comfortability. So I had, as a child, I said, saving souls, I could reach them. Me and my grandmother would talk about it. So to me, reaching, you know, taking baby steps and paying off something was more feasible to me than saying, okay, I'm going to invest this. And then this is a lower interest, higher interest rate than my debt. And I, like that just didn't make sense to me. Let me just go ahead and pay this debt off and then focus on investing. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say that I did invest in my 401k during paying off my debt up until the employer match because I didn't want to leave money on the table. Um, so there's all the financial gurus have so many different ways and say you should do this and do that. I kind of just took different pieces from different financial um financial experts (laughs) to make it my own 
Can you explain that briefly? I know you just mentioned, you said a term, and I understand exactly what you're saying, but for the listeners, for Black Healing Matters family, can you explain what you mean by not leaving money on the table because you're, uh, you know, with your 401k? Can you explain what right. you mean by that? So usually, um, in, when you work, even not, not, leave, not necessarily in a corporate environment setting, even when I worked at McDonald's, you know, it was a, as a manager, there was 401k available. Um, so basically you have to put, you decide what you want to take out of your paycheck pre-tax and that goes into an investment account and that's money supposed to be sit there. The money in a 401k is supposed to sit there till you retire at age 62 or 65. Um, and then a lot of employers will match that money. So if you, for example, you say you want to, to keep it simple, you want to invest a hundred dollars a paycheck and employers like, we're going to match you you know, 5% of that, you know, every paycheck, that means you're going to put in your $100 and then they're going to match you the 5% of the $100 to go into this retirement account. Mm -hmm. And so to me, you know, I didn't want to leave the, the money on the table, which would be, you know, I'm getting, giving my $100, but the $5, you know, on the table, hopefully I'm doing <laughs> oh, man, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, right, you're yeah, right. Yeah, but, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't want to be like, CPA can't do simple math. Um, the $5 on the table. So just an easy example of that's free money that I would be leaving behind by not, you know, investing. So for me to say, I, I you know I was doing investing because I was doing my 401k match up into the employer match. So at that time, my employer was matching I think 100% up to the first 5%. So 5% of my income automatically was going in there. Um, so I'll um, kind of backtrack into like what I actually did and, you know, the budgeting aspect. I hope you enjoyed that first half of this amazing interview with Tasha Danielle of Financial Garden straight out of Michigan. Again, this this interview was amazing. And if you did not take notes, you got to go back and listen to it again. As well, if you enjoyed this one, trust me, you will love the second part of this interview, which will be published next week on this segment of Doing the Right Things Thursday. So stay tuned for part two next Thursday with, again, Tasha Danielle from Financial Garden. As always, Black Healing Matters family, hope that you enjoyed this greatly. Again, share this if you are so inclined, if you got value today, share this episode. Please do like, comment, and again, send me a call in or even an email, blackhealingmatters at gmail.com. Please do what it takes to spread the word about these really important messages that we all really need to hear. On that note, I love you, stay blessed, and as always, Black Healing Matters.